All right, good morning and welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Uh, please, please, if you uh, want to uh, follow, what I'm going to do is uh, create a course that I'm just going to kind of email out each week uh, as you go, um, because residency season is really October, November, December. And what I'm going to do is once a week, I'm going to send you part of that course. So uh, to get on the email list, you just go down to pharmacyresidencypodcast.com uh, and then uh, just subscribe. And what I'm going to do is I'll just number the episodes, lesson one, lesson two, lesson three. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to have 12 lessons as we move up to New Year's. Uh, and we're going to do about four a month, uh, something like that. And that's going to start in two weeks. Uh, so make sure you get on the email list at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com. Uh, let's talk about a couple of the more recent jobs that have come up. Uh, there is a director of drug information group at, let's see, University of Illinois, Chicago. Uh, again, this is one of those uh, academic positions that's a little bit higher and that uh, you would need significant uh, background. Um, but it's always good to kind of start looking at these and see, okay, where did uh, that fit in? Where, what are the things that they needed? So uh, PharmD, uh, that you've gotten a PGY-1 and PGY-2 with drug information. Uh, and then uh, you have one, one year of experience at the director level. So this is kind of one of those uh, transfer jobs where maybe you've had the job somewhere else, uh, but they're expecting you to have one to two years of experience already. Uh, as a faculty member. Uh, this one, I want to say that most people don't think about being dean of a college, and I'm sure if you ask the deans and you said, you know, did you ever wake up and say, I want to be dean, you know, when you were graduating pharmacy school? Uh, but what you find is that, uh, much like head coaches, uh, they tend to, to move around, and once a dean, uh, always a dean, uh, and there's usually another position. So, uh, what happens is you start as faculty, you find that you enjoy administration, and you kind of become somebody who uh, likes to work with maybe uh, the administrative side where you're, you're now leading the group. Uh, and uh, there's, you know, uh, some positions that, you know, kind of move up toward it. Uh, but Dean of Keck Graduate Institute uh, in Claremont, California is available. Uh, what I wanted to talk about today is... Uh, affordability and should you go to mid-year like is mid-year worth it and I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in terms of the amount of money that you're having to pay for pharmacy school is going down in some places and making its quotation fingers more affordable but affordable is in cash flow a lot more than it is in the amount you pay because uh, let's say you pay a hundred thousand for pharmacy school instead of two hundred thousand well, you don't get an extra $100,000 in loans to, to use as you please. Uh, that number goes down to uh, what your tuition is going to be. Still, your burden at the end is much less. So if you're taking a little bit more loans uh, to do these extra things like mid-year, uh, then it's not a terrible deal. But let me just show you what's kind of going on around the country. Uh, let's go to this one. So to kind of see what the, the deal is at each school of pharmacy, uh, you have this little red kind of ticker at the at the top of each school, and about half of the schools have, have done something like this. Uh, some of them say no PCAT required, which is not really uh, a thing because no, no school requires the PCAT anymore. But uh, what you do also see is what's happening. So 
there's a wave of in-state tuition. So right now, uh, Medical University of South Carolina does not charge out-of-state tuition. Uh, out-of-state candidates receive the in-state resident tuition rate. Uh, University of Illinois, Chicago, regardless now, if you go to Rockford or Chicago, uh, there is a one rate tuition. It used to be just Rockford would get that. And then uh, Idaho State, uh, what they do is they, uh, if you're eligible based on some GPA, uh, they'll take care of your out of state in the first year and then help you get in state for the last three years. So again, I'm not sure how that works. It's always been tough to get to as an in-state student, but again, they've figured out how to make the MPJE go away. Uh, so I can imagine that they would be clever enough to, to make out-of-state tuition go away for somebody that's already become somehow an Idaho uh, resident. Uh, so those are three ways to, to save money by going to an out-of-state school for in-state tuition. And again, uh, the big thing with that is that the average student that's, and this is an average, uh, the average student graduating from an public university uh, owes 140000 where the average graduating from a private university is 200000 in loans. And that's if you owe loans. So again, 16% uh, don't, uh, but that's, that's the average. So it's about $60,000 difference. And that's how you can kind of see, you know, did you get a good deal, right? So if you're under 140000 at loans for uh, public, then great, you did better than the average. And if you did better than 200000 you did better than the average for private. Uh, and then uh, these, uh, you'll have to look into them a little bit more. Uh, but if you look at Drake, uh, they've got a bunch of dual degree programs. So you get the second degree if that's something that you value. So maybe you're not thinking about residency. Maybe you're thinking, uh, I want to do that. Or, you know, you are thinking about a specific type of residency and you do want that second degree. Uh, but also it says um, scholarships up to 26000 per year for eligible applicants. So I'm not sure what it is to be an eligible applicant but that's $104,000 less, uh, which would put you way under the, the average uh, based on the current tuition. And I think uh, Belmont uh, in Tennessee has something very similar, uh, four-year academic scholarships up to 25,000 per year for eligible candidates. Uh, so again, another opportunity uh, to pay uh, quite a bit less. Okay. So when you um, look at uh, those, if you are pre-pharmacy, I know most of the people that are listening are not, uh, you want to be careful of these though. Uh, this Appalachian College of Pharmacy $100,000 advantage, uh, what they're saying is that because you graduate in three years, uh, that's a $100,000 advantage, but that's not necessarily true. First of all, to gross $100,000 is different than to net $100,000. So if you get a $100,000 scholarship, then you are netting $100,000 in savings. To net $100,000 in savings, you have to earn, as a new graduate, you would have to earn close to $145,000 uh, based on current taxes and things like that. Uh, so that $100,000 advantage is, is not a scholarship. But then they say there are scholarships uh, up to $10,000. So you would have to do the math with their tuition and all of that stuff. Uh, but there are like 19 three-year schools now uh, so that's not a, really a thing. Uh, let's go to the meeting registration and kind of talk about what makes mid-year worth it. And the reason that I mentioned all this about the schools is that now some of you uh, are coming out with much less in terms of a loan burden. And so if you paid $100,000 less, 
uh, to go to school because you got one of those $25,000 a year scholarships, or uh, maybe you went uh, in-state um, as an out-of-state student, then you're like, well, I'm not really graduating with a ton of debt. Uh, is the investment that I'm going to be making in ASHP going to be worth it? And let me help you answer that question. Okay, so we look at registration, and most of you are members. I don't think it costs a ton to become a member as a student, and if you're really serious about residency, you probably did become a member. So early bird registration is at $340. But if you are coming in after October 15th, and you are a non-member, you can pay up to $500 to go to mid-year as a student. And then I really don't understand that when you talk about students and residents, you're only talking about a $50 difference. Though a resident, as little as they make, is still quite a bit more than a student makes. So a little bit surprised that uh, resident and student costs are, are so similar. Um, I really, I don't think I qualify in the way that they define retired, but uh, basically I'm a retired pharmacist. So uh, I only did 10 years of, of practice because uh, I just uh, was able to, to move into uh, this academic role and, um, you know, 12 years from retirement. Uh, so... Uh, I don't know if retired is really one of the things that, that you could ever use, but uh, certainly uh, a bit of a discount on uh, what it would be for a uh, pharmacist uh, member. Uh, anyway, um, so the, the big thing is you're spending that you know, $300 plus probably four to $500 for flight. Uh, and then I, I, in a previous episode, I showed you that some of the hotels were relatively inexpensive. Uh, the problem is that the Saturday night, if you, if you have to come in Saturday night or Friday and Saturday night, because there's an NFL game in town, because the rodeo is in town, it's quite expensive uh, if you're coming in on those two days and much less expensive if you're only coming for showcase. So let me show you how you could make it worth it. Um, if you look at the schedule at a glance, you see that Sunday... Uh, is the day where you have that student programming. So that's going to be letter of intent, interview, uh, CV, those types of things. And uh, there's resident and new practitioner programming. So there's the expectation that uh, those guys are going to be coming in for PPS and that they're coming in on Saturday. So again, man, coming in Saturday is so expensive uh, versus coming in on uh, late Sunday as I am. And uh, that's kind of up to you, but that's what makes it a little bit more expensive. Uh, what makes it worth it is if you are presenting a poster. So when you present a poster, you are basically getting top box where you look in that kind of research and um, presentation section of your CV uh, as they're looking at it as, at the rubric. And if you're presenting a poster, yeah, you know, it's, it's important that uh, you go and that you, uh, you know, present the poster to everybody and and yeah you may sit there for an hour and maybe three or four people talk to you and those people might be the people around you but that is the most valuable thing in terms of getting a residency and checking off the research box besides actually having a peer-reviewed publication uh, you know presenting your poster at ashp mid-year is quite the big deal uh, so if you're going to go though i want to remind you that it is the residency showcase not the residency applicant showcase. So it is the residencies showing what they've got. And to be honest, the, the way that it becomes valuable is much the way that dating uh, works. Things are very different 
then when my wife and I got married, gosh, 15 years ago, plus two years um, dating and engaged and all that stuff, uh, where apps weren't the thing they are now, we actually met face to face in person and long distance relationship and all that. But when you meet someone that you'd seen on an app or on the internet and you meet them again, as my brother says, you're meeting them again for the first time. It sounds a little bit weird, but I think there's a truth to it. And what happens is, is you're able to remove a bunch of sites that you had really thought were the thing. So uh, these are good on paper is the expression. So I'm not sure what the expression is for dating, but good on paper sites, you saw something in them and you had an idea of what that meant, but it actually was like, oh, no, no, these are, these are off the list. And by not using that time, energy and money to apply to those sites, now you can apply to sites that are more something that you would be interested in. The other place where the showcase becomes valuable is in the lines. So long line, medium line, short line, no line. When you go, instead of being that person that has to be at the place where there's tons of people and you want to get your question in, I actually would do the opposite. I would actually just go up and down the aisles and start circling and looking at sites and just putting down long line, medium line, short line, no line. And the reason you do this is you start seeing, okay, what is the interest in this site? Because nowhere on the internet can you find something that says this is going to get you know, ranking sites by number of applications they get. You can figure it out in your head for like Mayo and UNC, uh, places like that. But what you really don't know right now is what are the chances of me getting it? Now, I've shown you a mathematical way to do it using the uh, book uh, that I you know, published. Uh, Pharmacy School Rankings for Residency. And what you can do is go in there using the Kindle Cloud Reader or whatever. And, and what you can do is you can go through all of the residents at a site and see how kind of competitive their school was. And so when you look at a site, it's kind of like, you know, you're the sum of your five friends type of thing. Well, a residency site is only good as the people that are in the residency. And when you look at the quality of that group, you can get a good idea of you know what your chances are to match with something like that. But going back to the schedule here, you're going to have a lot of time. And the reason people are exhausted is that they're sitting there waiting in line. And that's not a really valuable use of your time. You've just spent all this money to get there. You spent the money to, to actually become part of the meeting. What's really valuable is collecting the data, okay? As I'm going through these sites, you're just kind of walking through and all you're doing is just saying, how big's the line? And when you do the second half, and that, that I like to break up these uh, residency showcases into halves, and it's kind of like the first and second half of a marathon. The first half, everybody's excited and smiling and talking to each other and all of that stuff. But man, once you get to that second half, you know, miles... <laughs> After mile 13 and 14, you start to get a little weary. And then at mile 18, you know, which for this would be the last 45 minutes of the showcase, 
there's really, really a completely different energy in the room. And I remember undergrad where I wasn't a very good starter, you know, just kind of enamored with all the things you get to do in college. And in the beginning, I would always do bad in school. And then, but at the end, I was great. And that sounds so bad. What I would do is I'd, I'd be going every day to, you know, the tutors and the, the professor. And at the end of the semester, when people weren't coming to office hours, plenty of time uh, to, to spend with the tutors and, and the professors, especially in like the calculus and organic chemistry and things like that. And so in the same way, it's not that you're speeding up, it's that everyone else is slowing down. And if you, man, this is an old school movie, Days of Thunder, uh, Tom Cruise, he's a NASCAR driver, he's going around the track and a big problem he had was he would burn out his wheels because he would go too fast during the race. And at the end of the race, you know, the, the tires were just all burnt out and uh, he used them up too quick. And so he's, he's talking to his crew chief and he's like, you know, he's like, hey, Cole, you know, slow down. You're, you're, uh, you're going too fast. He's like, I'm not going too fast. Everybody else is slowing down. And, you know, Buck Brotherton, who is his, uh, uh, you know, kind of the assistant crew chief or whatever, is like, yeah, he's right. His, his times haven't changed. He's just going the same as he was. He's like, all right, but, you know, let's keep going. And so by doing this line thing, you're kind of going in with a certain calm that other people don't have. And you're going in and you're kind of collecting the data, just kind of getting a feel for the hall, who's where and things like that. And you're also getting quite a bit of information for that end 45 minutes where you can say, okay, well, I can go to the places with no line now. I don't need to do that later. Or I can go to the places with a short line now. And then at the end, the big lines tend to dissipate quite a bit. And there's this fear of missing out, like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get to ask my question. Well, it, it's not really about you anyway. It's about the showcase and what you really want to do is kind of get a feel for the popularity of certain sites. And then once it does dissipate quite a bit, uh, then you can start talking to people. Uh, so I think that there's a misunderstanding of what makes it worth it. And what makes it worth it is removing programs that you wouldn't, that you thought you wanted, but you really shouldn't go after. And then finding programs that are in places that you didn't think you would ever want to go. I live in the Midwest and they call us flyover country, but I'm not from the Midwest. I'm from Washington, D.C. and then I moved to Baltimore. And so I went to big cities, you know, and I never would have thought of Iowa. And then I met an Iowan. And I mean, I used to fly to Omaha, then drive two hours uh, to to come to Iowa to see her. And I never would have found Iowa if it wasn't for her. And I think it's something very similar where there are many programs that may not have the name of the city. So instead of being in Cincinnati, it might be 20 minutes from in some uh, town that doesn't sound like a residency, doesn't sound like a big city, but it's actually a suburb. And you don't realize that, wow, that that's really a, a great site. And um, that's someplace I would wanna really you know do you know, hang out at for a year. So 
Uh, making it worth it, first two things. One, go around and get a feel for it. Don't get part of the craziness where you're going to see people just piled deep. You're going to keep getting bumped uh, as you go on. Get a sense of those sites and, and kind of understanding what is it that people are really looking for? What are the places that are going to get hundreds of applications? And what are some places that, that are not going to get uh, quite as much uh, interest and that would be a real opportunity to have a great residency year, uh, but that may not uh, you know, have the, the glamour, quotation fingers, of an academic medical center, which is kind of funny because, well, it's not funny, but the people that are having the worst staffing are generally at the academic medical centers working 12 days in a row. So it's crazy that these you know, masses are going to this very, very difficult place uh, in terms of work-life balance. Okay. So I'll talk about this over and over again. Uh, again, the student posters on Monday are a big deal that you're presenting a poster. Uh, and you may check out the professional posters if you want to see what the pharmacists are doing. But what happens is that once you get past Tuesday, everybody says, okay, well, students night out is Tuesday, 7 to 9 p.m. I'm going to leave on Wednesday morning really early. Okay. However, the biggest opportunity uh, is on Wednesday all day, which are the resident posters. You will learn more about what you will do in a residency, what you can do to succeed in a residency interview, and connect with actual residents on Wednesday than you would on any other day of the week. And that's why I think it's such a shame that it's set up this way, but it has to be because the people that are presenting resident posters, uh, obviously they're busy with Showcase on Monday, Tuesday. They've got some programming that they do on Sunday. There's no other place to put it. But the real education, the real should I do a residency is on Wednesday and talking to people who are residents. You might say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to do this Zoom thing and I'm going to go to their webinar and, and I talk to them at Showcase. Well, they are under duress. Do you see many, many people there and it's just uh, answering the same questions over and over again. Uh, it's very uncomfortable. But the resident posters on Wednesday, December 7th, uh, that's the biggest education you're going to get about residency. But also when you talk about your research project and what you're really interested in, uh, maybe you're interested in peds, it's very easy to go to certain posters and learn quite about quite a bit about the, the subject uh, and to kind of go from there. So I, my personal feeling, and these are the cheapest days to stay overnight in uh, Las Vegas uh, because the, the big push is Monday night, Tuesday night, uh, and then Wednesday night is the cheapest night to stay. Uh, if I were applying for a residency, I would go um, Sunday through Thursday, uh, not um, Sunday night through what a lot of people do is leave Wednesday morning. Uh, I don't think I would do that. So uh, to summarize uh, my three tips for uh, deciding whether uh, ASHP is worth it. Uh, Number one, you know, how are you looking in terms of finances? I went over a bunch of schools that now basically take about $100,000 off of, uh, you know, the amount that you're going to, to pay at the end of your uh, education. 
And, you know, if you're paying $100,000 or less, paying a couple thousand to find the place to go uh, doesn't, isn't really too far out of sorts, I don't think, in terms of the big picture. Uh, number two, talking about why you would go. So you're going for the student posters and you're going to meet residents at their posters. Okay, That's why you go. So if you're going to present to increase your chances by having a much better, you know, checked off boxes on the rubric that you get graded on, and that's in my interview course, and to meet the residents and learn more about what it is to be a resident, what it is to do research at a residency, uh, to make true relationships with them that you can put in your letter of intent. Hey, I met you at your poster. That's a very different thing than I was one of the hundreds of people that came to the showcase. No, I actually stayed on Wednesday and I talked to you about your poster. And we actually talked about some of the things that you were doing and that I was really interested in and so forth. Um, and that you were interested in and we made a genuine connection. Okay, That's number two. Okay. And then the number three reason you go uh, is showcase. And that is to eliminate programs that you thought you would want, but based on talking to them and getting, it's really a vibe thing. Uh, if you go sixth sense, you know, kind of thing. I'll give you an example of this. Uh, I went to go get, I was, you know, buying my, my third house and I was as an investment and, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I, I didn't need my wife to go. I had done all the numbers. Uh, I was enamored with it, but I, I wanted her sense of it. And so she went and she's like, eh, I don't really like it. It's like, wow, you know, that took you a couple of seconds. You know, busy road. It's just, I just don't really like it. But you haven't been in it. Yeah, no, just don't, don't really like it. Okay. You know, and, and I just was, you know, went to the person the next day. I was like, yeah, you know, I brought my wife. She didn't really like it. And she, you know, had a little conversation about why she didn't like it. And I, I was like, you know, I just, uh, just didn't, didn't, didn't feel like the, the right move for, for her. And so, you know, we just kind of held off on it and come to see later, you know, when I'm, you know, out of this kind of, you know, I guess infatuation with the home because it was a new, it was a new townhouse and you know, it was just like all the marble counters and, and all the just newness of it. I didn't even realize that there was a uh, telephone pole right in front of the house. I'm talking like 30 feet, 40 feet tall telephone pole uh, that was in the front yard. And could I still bought the house, sold the house, rented the house with that thing there? Yeah. But just the fact that I completely missed something so huge and that she was able to digest something just with her sense of it. So use your spidey senses uh, when you're at a program. And if it doesn't feel right, there's a reason for it. And you don't have to figure out what the reason is. But maybe it's the exhaustion that you're seeing on the residents' faces. Or, you know, the residents are saying, oh, yeah, you know, come here while they're shaking their head. No, do not come here. Uh, because it's just been a toxic experience for them and that they really never get time off and that they uh, have not that what they expected was not what they ended up with and those types of things. So use your spidey senses to figure out that no, okay, from the residency showcase, this this does not feel as good as it did when I was looking at it on paper. 
And then the last tip is to find those places that don't have a lot of lines or that maybe have smaller lines uh, and that are not popular because of their location, which is usually what it is, uh, that you know people usually have someone else coming with them and they're also going to need to get a job. And you're like, huh, that's really weird. This has all of the you know, residency rotations I would want to have. These people are like super nice and they're so happy and they all look so relaxed and they want to hang out with me a little bit later at, you know, whatever, you know, uh, state thing that's going on uh, later. And wow, you know, I'm just really gelling with these people and I've just known them for a couple minutes. Those are the types of things that, that you're really looking for. You know, if I had gone to wherever I was going, I said, man, I, I only want to talk to people that are from, you know, the East Coast or the Mid-Atlantic. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of ridiculous, right? You know, you can't, can't help who you fall in love with. And I think there's something to that when it comes to residency. You know, you're, you're going to fall in love with some of these programs. And it is going to be heartbreak when you don't get some. But you're going to find later that the match does actually work really, really well. So many candidates, and I'm talking from the, the student side and the applicant side, so many get their first choice and second choice and third choice. And on the residency side, I mean, they, they can go all the way down to like their 36th choice uh, where that's who they're going to get. So on the student side, when you get a residency, it usually is one of your top choices. And so I think that the match does work, but it works a lot better if you don't apply to places that you're in love with because of what you saw on paper rather than the people that you've met. And there is no better advertisement for any site than the people that are there. So uh, those are my three trip, uh, three tips uh, to do well and make mid-year worth it. Yes, it's expensive, but when you look at the investment that you've made in the entire process of pharmacy school, the hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's actually not a ton. And then if you are one of those people who are benefiting from all of these scholarships and the reductions in in state, uh, and then even some schools have reduced tuition quite a bit, uh, you are, you know, uh, I, I don't know how much of a price you can put on finding a job that you absolutely love and that, that gets you to the career that you want. Okay, so if you want to talk to me, TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com. And then uh, if you want to work one-on-one -on -one with me, letter of intent, uh, that's residency.teachable.com. Uh, letter of intent course is where we usually start out, and we start writing right away and getting uh, you to understand what you're missing in the big five, clinical teaching, research, uh, service, and leadership and make sure that you know during your appies you can fill those in uh, and then later on as we get towards uh, you deciding which programs are your best uh, then we do our true uh, letters of intent those first two uh, and i show you how to do that i mean all right our music is from policy and again uh, if you need me tony the pharmacist at gmail.com